Hi, this is Fox 2's Rup Raj on the April 20th edition of Let It Rip. We really dove into the violence that we've been seeing in the city of Detroit, and it's not even summer yet. We're talking to the experts about what needs to be done, and some people have some varying opinions about it. And so with that, let's let it rip. Tonight on Let It Rip. You're shooting people over what? Place in line, uh, slice of pizza, whatever the case may be. It's senseless violence. A chaotic weekend downtown Detroit. Multiple shootings, one person dead. Now city leaders want to see change to stop the bloodshed. One city council member wants several areas to be gun free. But legally speaking, can we do it? And if so, will it work? We're digging deeper into that. Plus a psychologist joins us to dive into what causes this type of rage. It all starts right now. And so we're ready to let it rip with psychologist Dr. Rose Moten, former FBI special agent in charge, Andy Arena, Detroit News columnist Karen Dumas, and of course, Fox 2 anchor and attorney Charlie Langton. We thank you all for joining us tonight. So let's let it rip, talking about this really important topic. Uh, Karen, I want to begin with you because the police chief today unveiled his 12-point plan to try to handle uh, this terrible crime epidemic that we're seeing really across the country but here in Detroit, including in that plan 10 mobile weapon detectors that he says should be out there in the streets of Detroit to make sure that people who shouldn't have guns illegally will get caught and undercover officers scattered throughout. Also beefing up patrols. Does that do the trick? Well, this is exactly, or almost exactly, the same thing that was announced last May 2022. The same items that were recommended when we had almost an identical situation that took place in Greektown, a shooting. Mm -hmm. So I think that we continue to maneuver, move around the same pieces, hoping for different outcomes. Uh, you know, we have the shot spotter, we now have the shot stopper. Um, they're engaging the community organizations, you know, in hopes that the grassroots connectivity can make a difference. I'm not so sure, Rupe, uh, but we are at a proportionate level of guns in our communities. People are not arguing anymore. They don't mm -hmm. say anything anymore. Everything is resolved with a gun. I'm not so sure that law enforcement or law enforcement alone will solve the problem. But these steps that they put into place, some of these 12 points that you heard about, again, the weapon detector and then the undercover cops, can't that STEMI this problem? Can't this help? Well, maybe on the front end, but on the back end, we need to also make sure that there's prosecutorial support to make sure that those that are caught are captured, are prosecuted, are kept, and not allowed to plead down and out so that they're not returning on the streets prematurely and become repeat offenders. Andy Arena, you headed up the, uh, the division here uh, of the FBI, the revolving door. That was a problem then, it's a problem now. Uh, is that one of the main culprits here? Yeah, you know, Rube, we're not going to arrest our way out of this problem. Um, you know, the devil walks the earth. There are people who have to go to jail. Uh, I'll admit that. But there, we got to get to the root source of what's causing the violence. You know, Karen's right. I mean, there's the prosecutive uh, issues, the judges. We don't have enough people in the system, right? Take the bad people off the street, right? But there are there are people that can be saved. We got to get to the point where we're stopping this before it becomes a problem. How do you begin to do that? Well, I, I think you you got to go to the community. You know, I, I'm very cautiously optimistic with the mayor's shot stopper or shots yeah, shot stopper mm -hmm. program. We're gonna mix up with shot no, spotter, spot right? And you know, I think it's it's basically taking resources to the to the grassroots level, right? People are out there stopping the beefs, mediating, getting people wrap around services, getting them education, getting them services, getting them out of the bad lane, right? Before they go down that road. 
I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Top Medicine's going to be running this thing. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're at the Crime Commission. We're working with a number of groups to try to get them the funding, to get the, the money to where it needs to be. I think that's part of it. But we talked earlier, it's sustainability. We do these things. We, we repackage, Karen said, we repackage these things. Mm -hmm. We bring them out, make them brand new. All right? It's the same old thing. One or two years, then they go away. But the you got to do it for more than one or two yeah. years. Dr. Moten, though, this all starts at home, and it starts with, you know, you hear the words mental health all the time. And yes. I think some people say, man, you're just throwing this out there to say someone has a problem or a beef, and now it's a mental health issue. People have to have self-restraint and self-control. Where are we? And when you see the headlines with all these people all across the country shooting people at the drop of a hat, yes. where do you put your finger on this? Well, I'm going to piggyback on even what Andy said. You know, Cicero said, in the cause lies the cure. So we have to look at what is causing all this rage. Rage is unhealthy anger that has nothing to do with the moment that is occurring at that time. It has everything to do with triggers from a person's past. We live in a society where even as children, we are told, or parents oftentimes tell their children to suppress their anger, or children who have experienced trauma that are never able to process that. And then they become adults, and they're in situations that are very benign situations. Someone cuts the line, or someone cuts you off in traffic. Or a pizza and, goes to the wrong the, house. Or the pizza goes to the wrong house, and their reaction has nothing to do with that moment. It has everything to do with all that suppression, finally getting to that boiling point with this very benign trigger and a volcano erupting. So when people say things like this is ridiculous that you're shooting somebody because the pizza went to the wrong house, you're saying it's not because of the pizza, it's, it's because, because of something of else. What is that other thing? So the other thing is, again, it's just unprocessed and suppressed trauma. When a person is triggered, that frontal lobe shuts down. That's the one that's all about judgment. It's all about really knowing what's right or wrong. And we revert back to a very primitive portion of our brain, that limbic system, where it's all about very animalistic urges and this is what we're seeing in these incidents that are just popping up everywhere there's no forethought there's no logic to someone taking the lives or going on a shooting spree because of these things that we're talking Charlie about. you've heard so many of the stories of now young people black and white who've gone to the wrong door yes. gone to the wrong car and have been shot one girl killed a young man right now sitting in the hospital um, stand your ground how, how do you, how do you kind of look at this and say, these people, are they going to get off on this? Is that 86-year-old man who shot at a young man because he's a kid who came to the wrong door going to get off on this, you think? Well, get away with this? I don't know. No, I don't think. I think we can go back to, uh, no, I don't think he's going to get off. I don't think that's, I don't think that's a self-defense. Uh, we, we need a little more facts, but I don't, from what I know on that case, no. But I, th I think the real problem is, last couple of weeks I've been talking to a lot of young people in school, and it seems to me that many people in Detroit, many, feel that you have to have a gun to live in Detroit. And many people, it's almost a rite of passage. I asked today even, do you have a gun yet? How old were you when you got your first gun? Your first gun, 18, 22, I was late. 20. Someone said, oh, I was a little bit later, 22 years old. I said, where's a 22 year old need with a gun? I feel protection. And I think we've got to somehow, and I'm not smart enough to figure it out, but we've got to get to change the thought process that you don't need a gun to live in Detroit. You don't need to have the protection of a gun. And if you have a gun, you better know how to use it. But Charlie, that's, don't use that's, it when easy, you get mad. that's easy for us to say living in the suburbs They're the experts. of the big yeah. city. You have the big city life, and I lived in New Orleans in the city, and I remember it's a very dangerous city. In fact, some would say per capita 
in many ways more dangerous than Detroit in, in some ways. And people would say to me, how come you don't have a gun? You live in New Orleans. How can you not have a gun? You know, when you live in the suburbs, you can say you shouldn't have a gun. But Karen, you're a lifelong Detroiter. Do you agree with that, that Detroiters believe that they need a gun to I feel safe? I don't think it's just Detroiters, though. I mean, we live in a country. I mean, you can look at, you can compare the United States with other countries around the world. And we also are fed fear. We are afraid of each other. We're afraid of everything. If you watch either the news, commercials, everything is about disease, a disaster, or something, you know, we're, 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 we're thriving on fear. And so it's not just us with a gun. Everybody has a gun, and it's not the legal. I mean, I, I'm a CPL holder. I carry a gun, but I carry it responsibly. I mean, I've been trained to carry a gun. It's not the people who are licensed weapons owners. Mm -hmm. There are the illegal guns and the criminals carrying guns that are responding irrationally. I know I can't brash a weapon. I'm sorry, I can't brash a weapon. That's illegal for me. Like, you have to know what to do with people. You got you got people that are doing this illegally and don't don't know and they don't care. But Andy, you put up these these guardrails. You say, okay, let's go ahead and put these ten mobile units up there. I mean, if you really want to hurt someone and you want to find someone and hurt them, can't you just get around that? They're going to find a way. It's like the school shooters. We can put an armed guard. Every if they want, bad people want to get into bad things, they're going to find a way to do it. It's Charlie said, so you're talking about eighteen to twenty-two years. I'm talking about the twelve-year-olds. Yeah, right. I'm exactly. about the, the fourteen-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah. These are, these are older people. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's where we got to start. We got to we got to get to those kids and show them, man. There's another way. You know, the, the, as, you, as you said, doctor, you know, you don't have to resort to violence. There's another way, there's, and it's education and it's opportunity. These kids don't feel like they have that. But you can't, you can't fix that particular, you know, this huge problem you're talking about, having opportunity, having hope. These are not things you can just run by and provide at the house, at the doorstep, and walk away with. So Dr. Moten, in the meantime, we have a long summer ahead. How yes. do we help curve this problem? Oh my gosh, I'm always gonna push for more awareness. Even in our educational system, you talk to teachers, they're not doing academics, they're doing emotional mm -hmm. regulation now. Yeah. And we need to have more emotional and mental health programs and a curriculum in every school to help these children better understand how to recognize, process, own their emotions, and not be not feel that they need to lash out at others. Um, mental health, just awareness and programs is key. Don't you think part of the issue also is the dehumanization of the people who are responsible for some of these crimes. And I'm talking specifically about these kids in Chicago. You know, some of the leadership came under criticism in Chicago for saying, you know what, I feel sorry for these kids and I feel for them because of this systemic issue underneath. Karen, what do you think about that? But read some of the comments on social media. You know, it all starts in the home. You know, it's it's black kids who have been raised without any type of guidance. I mean, people are very critical and easy to point the finger. But Dr. Moten was talking about wraparound services. We've got 70,000 nonprofit organizations in this state. We've got 4,000 churches. We've got more than enough organizations that exist, but those organizations either aren't working together, are not effectively reaching the people, they're making decisions from corner offices and guessing about the people that they serve. You can't, I did a story on Pastor Barry last week and, and he said that he took homeless people to a meeting about homelessness, but they wouldn't allow them to talk. So he got up and left. How do you address homelessness if you've never been homeless? How do you deal with crime if you've never, you, you have to talk to the people who are impacted by it. Dr. Moten, how do you provide hope to someone 
who doesn't have hope at the front door. Just to let them know there is hope there, there is treatment, there is ways that we as a community can work to better just incorporate more healthier mental health practices for not just individuals inside the household, but the communities as a whole, the school as a whole, and hopefully have this trickle out effect for all of us as a society. Charlie, what's missing in the 12 point plan that you saw from Chief White in your mind covering the streets each and every day? Um, I actually like the plan. I think it was pretty good. I think, I, I, I don't know, we'll talk a little more about these gun-free zones, but I think you've got to go into education. I think we should be honest. I think we should go into the schools and talk about guns. I hate to say this, and that's probably going to get some criticism. But if 12 years old person was a sixth grade, fifth grade, yeah, if you have a gun, respect it. I don't know, is that so terrible? I don't know. I agree with you. I don't think it is. I think we got to do it. And that would, I put that at the 13th point. Mm -hmm. And every cop goes into school in full uniform and says, hey, and, and, and relate to them, relate to the people. And I think mm -hmm. that that's what's going to get them to, again, teach them. Teach them. I don't think we're going to get rid of guns. So you don't get rid of guns. They're going to exist. They're going to be there. You try to teach them respect for the gun. But at the end of the day, Andy Arena, does that actually work? Hasn't that been tried before? Well, I think it's a multi-layer problem. It's a multi-layer solution, right? So the 12-point plan, I agree with Charlie. I think it's, it's fine. The short term, right? We got to stop the violence. We got a hot summer coming up, right? Mm -hmm. So we got to deal with that. But as Dr. Moten said and, and as Karen said, I mean, those underlying problems are still there, right? And so it's, we got to have that layer. And as I said, sustainability, we, we got to be in this for the long run. We're not going to solve this in a year or two. Mm -hmm. It's going to take We We, have, we only have about 30 seconds left in this segment. Last word goes to Dr. Moten about what everybody, and by the way, I like what Karen said, this is not about Detroit kids. This is about all of us. We know that for a fact. Anger is everywhere. Road rage is everywhere. Give, give people some parting wise words about what we can do in those situations when we do get triggered. When we get trigger recognize that you are trigger allow it meaning allow all the sensations that are occurring in your body because it is a visceral response and then identify what's really the cause behind that rage and that anger because it's typically not what you think it is and then nurture that child inside that never got the nurturing or permission to process mm -hmm. their emotions properly when they were young dr. Moten so good to see you thank you for your thank time you. Andy arena always love your expertise and Karen you were a regular on let it rip you still are and you're back on the on the hot seat we Thank you for joining us again Thank today. You. When we come back, you know, we've talked about the possible causes, but we want to dive deeper into possible solutions. One Detroit City Council member thinks she's got one, but the question is, can certain areas of Detroit gun-free zones actually work? That debate rolls on next. Back now on Let It Rip, one of the proposals to stop the violence is creating gun-free zones in downtown Detroit. The city council member behind that proposal, Mary Waters, is here. So is Action Impact Firearms and training owner Bill Cusick. And, of course, our anchor and attorney, Charlie Langton, with us as well. Thank you all for joining us today. Councilwoman, I'm going to start with you. Uh, this is a bold idea that you came up with this past week, and perhaps you came up with it before. You're saying gun-free zones in Detroit. How will that work? Well, it is very important that we have gun-free uh, free zones, and the reason is, is because our children are dying on, this, on the streets in Detroit every single day, every day. Now, I had a number of people to call my office to say, well, what about my Second Amendment? Okay, what about your Second Amendment? You can have your Second Amendment, but when you come to places like Greektown, Campus Marshes, um, and the riverfront and all those areas, we are asking that you leave your, your guns at home. See, even the most reasonable person 
if they have a gun on them, they might just use that gun. Now, the other person that called my office also said, listen, why don't you address the root causes of this? Okay, and so we are. Systemic racism could be a root cause. Broken family structures, a root cause. Poverty, a root cause. All of those things, we are trying to address all of those illiteracy. That's another one. We're trying to address all of those at the city level. And I've got to tell you, we are helping people. If you need to learn how to read as a parent, come down. We're going to help you. If your child needs to learn help reading, we're going to help you too. But Councilwoman, I, I, and listen, with all respect to your points, because I agree, I think those are all systemic issues yeah. that are way overdue and have to be addressed. But you know, it's only a couple of days until this weekend. How do you go about between now and then? You can't address all of those issues between now and this summer. However, the issue is someone who wants to go to Greektown right now is sitting there at home going, I'm not going if I'm not allowed to bring my gun because the place goes crazy. I need to protect myself and my wife when I go out. What do you tell them? Well, well, this is why we're asking that everybody leave their guns at home. Leave your guns at home. If you want to come down, and enjoy yourself, the large crowds at Greektown, the large crowds on the riverfront. Leave, leave your, your gun behind. Leave your gun Bill, behind. You're hearing because this. our children are dying every single day on the streets. The, Bill, you're hearing this right now. Uh, your thoughts, leave the guns behind, have gun-free zones. We already have them in banks, churches, sporting arenas. You can't go to LCA with a gun, you can't go to a hospital with a gun. Why not have gun-free zones in the city of Detroit? Well, first of all, with all due respect to the Detroit City Council and all their members, they don't have the authority to make those gun-free zones. Only our state legislature does. Second of all, criminals are not going to abide by gun-free zones. Criminals aren't going to, they don't abide by the laws that you have now, so any ordinance that you might enact will have zero results. And now you're ask, asking law-abiding, people to leave their firearms at home if you want to come downtown and unfortunately I believe they're going to opt not to go downtown. But if I go, if I want to go see a show at the Fox, if I want to watch the Red Wings play at LCA, if I want to watch a concert uh, inside any of these places, I can't have a gun with me. What's wrong with having that in Greektown? Yeah, because you don't have historical violence at those venues now, do you, Rupe? So that seems to be the problem. Councilwoman? Well, well, you know, it, it, listen, we cannot determine what a nut is going to do. Okay, sometimes people are just, they're gonna be criminals no matter what. But if you're talking about, even the law-abiding citizens that you're talking about, any reasonable person, as I said it before, if you are holding a gun, you're likely to use it if you're carrying that particular gun on you. And so that's why we're asking. Bill, you're people, kind of shaking your head, you're wow. saying that's and, not and, true. And, and, let, me, let me address something else that he talked about. He talks about, well, only Lansing can do that. Okay, I'm a former state legislator. I, 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 I agree with you. Maybe only Lansing can do it. But we're going to start with an ordinance, first and foremost, at the city level. And then I am also meeting uh, with uh, state legislators. I've already started be to doing that, meeting with some state legislators to say, okay, we may need some authorization so that we can we can make sure that we do this here at the at the city that's level. A good Bill, but Bill, you're saying that's this is not something that you think can happen. No, I mean I, it's absolutely absurd that 
for the people that carry guns that we're likely to use them. Actually, the opposite is, is the truth. We're less likely to use them. We want those guns for our personal protection. That's what we want them for. We're not out there robbing. We're not out there stealing. Nobody is. But if you so, crowd so she's saying front, that, why, she's why saying, well, world? and she acknowledged that the criminals aren't going to abide by any gun-free zone. So now I'm going to go into this environment without the ability to protect Charlie, myself. I, Charlie, I want to bring you into the fold, uh, the attorney at the table here. Uh, how do you even try to take this hurdle and 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 scale it. I mean, it seems like a hard uphill battle here. Well, I, I think, that, listen, the concept is great to have gun-free zones like they do at the, at the arenas and all. That's fine. The concept is fine, but I, I think Bill's right. I think it's a legislative it's a preemption issue, so I think she's got to talk to the legislature, and apparently she is. That's news to me. That's yeah. great. Um, but, you know, the private establishments in Greektown can bar guns. We bar guns here at Fox too. Right. And just like the Joe Louis Arena and all the all the all the arenas. Yeah. Uh, they can bar they can bar the guns. So all of the bars and everything, if they don't want a gun there, they don't have, they can do it today. Right now, today. So isn't it then councilwoman up to the businesses themselves to have rules like that? Well, uh, and then face no, the consequences? No, no, no. This is this is up to us as a city. We have to do this. And the reason that we have to do this, you know, the children are dying. Families can't even come down and enjoy the river. That is my neighborhood. I walk to Greek Town. I walk to the riverfront. I walk to the to the stadium, to Tiger Stadium and, and to Ford Field. I do all of those things. I want to live in a safe environment myself and I want to make sure that the families can come down and enjoy themselves. That's what we need to be doing. Bill, and that do, is, do you, that do, is, we have to be responsible for the health and safety of all of the people. Of the people who live there. So, Bill, I want to pose that to you right now. You don't live in the city of Detroit. No. The people who do live in the city of Detroit are worried about their children, from what I'm hearing from Councilwoman, mm -hmm. and they're worried about their families going just to go to the park. You and me don't have to worry about that when we go to the park. People in Detroit do. Shouldn't we do more to protect them, and isn't this perhaps one of the solutions? Rube, who do you think I sell guns to? You tell let's, me. Let's, let's just tell it like it is. Who do you think the majority of my customers are? Tell me. They are residents of the city of Detroit. Lies. My businesses would not exist without the residents of the city of Detroit. They live there, they know, they want it, they're responsible people, they want these firearms to protect themselves, they live in fear, and they have reasons to feel that way. But if a 14-year-old gets their hand on a gun that's a straw purchase or is borrowed from somebody and there's no gun-free zone, what does that kid end up doing? You tell me. Fill in the blanks. That kid doesn't care about a gun-free zone. That kid doesn't know anything about a gun-free zone. See, okay, see, but let me say that, this. Who do you think is educating? Who do, you, who do you think steps up to the plate every day and hits these issues head-on? We do. We are educating people every day. We're training people every day. We're arguing and we're, we're talking about, you know, if you own a gun, own the responsibility. We do this every day, not just... Council, isn't what Chief White is proposing it, it, enough? He's saying, no. why don't we have these 10 mobile units and just it's, say it's, for those uh, who it, are illegal, it's they not enough. Be I say, if you want to come down and you want to be in extremely large crowds, leave your gun at home or don't come. I mean, that, that's what we have to do in order to protect our children. But what's wrong and with the 10 families? mobile units that the chief is proposing to put in this I, weekend? I'm not saying anything is, is wrong with I, It's a start. Gotcha. That's all I'm saying. It, it is a start. But we have to do all that we can to protect our families. Now, now, Second Amendment people, listen, I'm all for you. 
go ahead, have your Second Amendment, that's fine, I'm not against it, but I am saying that I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to protect the children and the families in the city of Detroit, because our kids, our black kids, are the ones who are dying on the street. Councilwoman, we're going to come back on the other side of the break and offer everybody a chance for final thoughts. And also, Charlie is taking uh, Let a Rip on the Road to get your thoughts on the gun-free zone proposal. That's next. Some people are talking about making Greektown, River Fraud, Hard Plaza, gun-free zones. What do you think about that? I think that we need it bad. Then you're going to have controversy because you have a lot of CPO holders and people that's able to actually carry guns legally. My 21-year-old shot and killed my 23-year-old January the 17th, 2019. How old were you when you got your first gun? I would say probably 18 years old. Why does a 22-year-old need a gun? Because I, I got my CPL when I turned 21. Why do you need it, though? Because I live in the inner city. And it's, I, can go, I can go to the gas station and get shot right now for no reason. This is not cowboys and Indians. I'm thinking this is 2023. We're in a new era. Leave the guns at home. Do you think you need to have a gun to live in the city of Detroit? In certain parts of the city, I believe you do. If I could, I'd like to start a non-fun uh, organization's gun-free city, gun-free state. <laughs> Bill Cusick, go ahead. You have about 15 seconds. I think we have to look at who's the responsible for these shootings that we're all up in arms about, that we're concerned about, that's creating this controversy. They are criminals. They're going to continue. You could make the whole city gun-free, and it's still the only ones that are going to have guns are going to be the criminals. We have about 15 I, seconds. The philosophy of, of the NRA continues to get all of our black children killed day after day after day. Now, we do want to reach out to parents and say, hey, parents, take some responsibility. There are some very serious consequences when your children and get into trouble. Councilwoman, we thank you for your time today. We'll see what happens, of course, with your proposal. Bill Cusick, thank you always for being here on Let It Rip. And Charlie, good to see you, my friend. That does it for this edition of Let It Rip. The Let It Rip discussion continues online. Sound off on Facebook, Twitter, or Fox2Detroit.com.